Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find out or find more over at <laughs> stephaniesarkis.com. Find out. Are you laughing before you started recording? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your brain just comes into these things like mildly mushy and you're like, well, this will be great. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. I mean, my work just started at three today, so you would think by, you know, like an, like what, an hour later <laughs> that I would kind of be able to pull it together. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, so you had a late start to the day. I did. Yeah, usually I start early in the morning, but today I just started at three, so. There you go. Got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Yep. I sure uh, do. But yeah. We're here to talk Gilmore Girls. Uh so, I don't know, maybe you're here like, why don't they talk about Battlestar Galactica? Not this podcast. Not, not this podcast. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 17, which is called The Breakup Part 2. We're nearing the end of Season 1. I actually told you this before we started recording, but I just went through and watched like, the rest of Season 1 because I realized that there's 21 episodes and we're, uh, we're doing 17, 18 for this recording. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to finish it. I'm just going to get it done. Um, and I salute you for doing that. But as we get, why not? Yeah. Well, as we get closer to the end of season one, you know, you start to see some storylines kind of come together. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, for better or for worse, we've got Tristan back in this episode. Well, these two <laughs> episodes that we're talking about. And whether you, whether you like Tristan or not, he's back. And uh, I... I didn't hate him in this episode. Maybe this is the really? reaction of, Tr- of Tristan. I What's going know, on? You didn't hate him in this episode. No, because I, I, you know, how he was being, at least from what I could tell being sincere, probably he wasn't, but he mm-hmm. seemed mildly sincere. And like, <laughs> you know, he was probably, he wasn't, but any, anyways, I mean, he was definitely like exploiting <laughs> Rory's emotional state in this episode. But, uh, but hey, who doesn't do that? <laughs> yeah. What's a little gaslighting in your life, you know? <laughs> no, I don't know. I like, how, I like how you went from hating him to now you're like, well, you know, sweet manipulate sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Why it's not? Just, it was, <laughs> he was still not great, but, you know, he, he went from being like this, like person who just went, went out of his way to be Monster. terrible. To right. being like sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I to being less sexually harassing. This is probably as good as it's gonna get for Tristan. If we're being completely honest, <laughs> <laughs> this is as good as it gets. <laughs> this is it. This is peak. <laughs> to enjoy Tristan. while it lasts. The peak Tristan, <laughs> if you will. Um, but yeah, the, the episode <laughs> more or less is about, uh, Rory being heartbroken after breaking up with Dean in the, uh, last episode that we watched and, uh, her basically. So on the flip side, no more Dean, right? Yeah. For the time being anyway. Yeah. No more Dean for the time being, which, uh, you know, Dean and Tristan don't like each other. I, I'm going to say, I don't like either of them. So, you know, they could both go. So there you go. Go on a road trip or something. I go fly a kite. Yeah, exactly. I wonder where that's. I wonder where that saying came from. Go fly a kite. Anyways, maybe you need I, two I people digress. to fly a kite. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it was an insult like a long time ago. I would imagine so. 
Um, like the, what a, what a great time period to live in when the worst insult you can come up with is go flying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now people get so much more inventive. <laughs> Twitter's made right. the, the world so much better for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Rory's devastated by her breakup. Uh, but for some reason, she, like she seems largely okay. Uh, you know, this is what we call denial. Yes, and and she was getting kind of manic. It was interesting because Lorelai was like, "You're gonna need to wallow. Like, you're gonna need to get it all out." Because she, she knows. She's yeah. pushing Rory to do it, but Rory's like, "Nope, I'm okay." Nope. Like, we're gonna do all these things. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty normal reaction when you go through a loss is that you go through a time period where you just try to distract yourself any way you can. Yeah. And then something hits you. Yeah. Like it did with Rory. And then you realize, like, oh, that's 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 the end of it. Um, what was the thing that pushed her into wallowing? It was awesome. I don't really like wallowing. <laughs> I think it was oh, like, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Because they went to that party. Oh, and Lane meets a nice boy. So that's good, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anything, <laughs> Tristan's good for, you know, the... Uh, for kicking up your trauma. Yeah. He, he does have yep. a... Ben- there is a benefit to uh, having Tristan in your life, I guess. Um, yeah. He just but, feeds up the grief process. What, what a great person to have in your life. But I will say that I do like Luke banning Dean from the diner. Oh, yeah. That was great. Uh, I'm a loyal guy, you know. He strikes me as just a loyal, loyal good and protective. Looks out for people. And mm-hmm. Obviously, Lorelai was not too fond of it, especially when it got to them fighting. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, too, I do recognize that you know he's just looking out for Rory. Uh, right. Th- th- I like that scene. That was a good scene of him just mm-hmm. standing up for Rory and uh, doing what was right. Right. Uh, you know. And by the same token, standing up for Lorelai too. Yeah. Um, so I, I did like that. He's that was... never liked him, right? Hasn't he always been kind of snippy about him and yeah, pretty protective was... about about was... her? And well, there was that scene where, like, they go out to take out the garbage, and he's like sizing them up, mm-hmm. but he's not impressed. You can tell, like, he's like, I don't, right? I don't like you. Like, um, like he's a piece of sweaterland. You know, yeah. is that kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like you are so inconsequential. Yeah. But I'll just gaze in your general direction. Well, that was it. And I've, I, I just got the impression from, from this that like, yeah, you could just tell Luke, I think knows the kind of guy that Dean is and he just doesn't like, mm-hmm. he, he knows what Dean's type is. And even if Rory and Lorelai maybe don't see it, like, I think there was a thing in men recognizing traits in other men that are either toxic or negative, and, you know, you just know that type of guy. You don't need to know too much else. You just know who that kind of person is and where... And let me ask you, where does that come from? I think it's just seeing a lot of common traits, a lot of common, like, you know, personality traits or common, like, things that people do. You start to Mm -hmm. kind of know your the, the type of person. Um, mm. And not to say you're always right, but I think sometimes you just kind of go, "Oh, this is the kind of person that would." Do but you that. find patterns. Yeah. So. Okay. I imagine for Luke, like he sees that pattern in Dean, and he just goes, "No, this is not nope. the kind of person that." Because uh, you can see there is just kind of like sometimes switch that got flipped. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Rory, you know, 
can't quite for, keep forgetting Dean, even though she tries to. Um, you know, she Through buying to... garden hose. Yeah, there was all these things that kept reminding her of Dean, and I thought it was great that uh, she was like trying to throw it out, but Lorelai was trying to save it, like trying to tell her, like, no, eventually you'll want these items, like, don't throw them out, which is true. And then she puts the box in the closet next to another box. I think it was the stuff that she had with Max Medina, right? I think so. so the mom, the mom had a box of all their stuff. Oh yeah, because it had the book, it had the yeah. Bruce book. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's funny, like she had a box too. And then we get, is this the episode with Max Medina returns or was that last episode? That was this episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Lori or, or yeah, Rory uh, goes to a Chilton party at Madeline's house. Uh, and uh, Lorelai was very smart to su- suggest that she brings Lane with her. You know, Lane's her best friend. Uh-huh. And you know, honestly, uh-huh. Lane probably doesn't see a lot of parties, you know, living with her mom. So you know, probably was good for Lane too. Mm-hmm. Um, they they run to Paris, who I thought it was very funny that Paris was being forced by her mom to go to a party, <laughs> and she was and she was gonna leave right at ten thirty. Yeah, and she did. Yeah, and you could tell at ten thirty she was gone. Hmm? They probably bartered on a time that she had to stay there till like, right. Like I imagine she's probably like stay there till eleven. She's like no ten. Like, okay, ten thirty. Right. Uh. uh yeah, and Lane uh, actually, you know, meets a guy that she kind of likes. Uh, you know, she realizes that he checks all the boxes. He's active in mm-hmm. the church. He's someone that her uh, parents would approve of. And uh, she finds him interesting. You know, he, he's the perfect mm-hmm. catch. Um, mm-hmm. And so we see where Lane doesn't want to leave and Rory does. Yeah. Which, Which we I- haven't kind of seen that dynamic before. No. And uh, you could tell that, like, I think Rory wanted to help her out and stay. But at the same time, too, it was just not her thing. Uh, Rory decides to go read at the party, which I thought that's that's like a total me thing to do. Like if I'm at a party and I'm not taking it, Mm -hmm. but I have to stay around for whatever reason. (laughs) Maybe I won't go read a book, but like I'll find something to do that's like just separate. But also what I thought was interesting is when uh, Richard was going to her birthday party uh, earlier in the season, he has the same habit of just, you know, not making a grief or not making any kind of, like, complaints or anything. He just goes and finds himself off to the side and just does his thing. So I oh, thought that was, right. I thought it was an interesting kind of parallel between the two of them. Yeah. Like, they just, they're both that kind of type of person. So And know. they get along really well. Yeah, they do. Um. Yeah, and Tristan went with a girl named Summer, which I thought was so funny because I just remember so many girls in the early 2000s being named Summer. So I was just like, oh, oh really? That was oh, yeah, because you're younger. Yeah, that was a, that was the thing. People being called Summer or girls being called Summer. Well, uh, I wonder if there's more now because you know the movie 500 Days of Summer. Maybe that'd be interesting to look up. How many summers? How did that movie now? come out? I think like. I want to say 2008, 2009 or so. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Uh, but she dumps Tristan, and uh, Rory decides to go talk to him. Loudly uh, at a party, yeah. Yeah, and you think... Oh, yeah, so, like, he, so he becomes a brooding piano player. <laughs> trope. <laughs> yeah. I'm and, like, no, he's not playing piano. Don't don't make this character into a piano-playing brooding guy. He's, you know, <laughs> uh, and of course, Rory falls for it, which I thought was the worst, like... 
I felt bad for Rory right. because, you know, he's clearly doing it for like a reaction, right? And he, you know, she's just like, oh, she didn't feels- she walk in on him playing piano? Yeah, or at least like maybe that's maybe that's how he relaxes. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, we see the worst of Tristan, and then you have characters like Paris who say he's not like that. Like, he's just a byproduct of his upbringing and all that. And Are we going to find out more about that maybe later? Yeah. but it's We just, are. It's okay. interesting, because I just feel like Tristan, he's not a good person, but, you know, there's these moments where you just think, like, maybe he isn't as bad, and part of me thinks, no, maybe he is. So, I don't know. But I can well, this is part of why I think people get involved with the bad boy stereotype yeah. is that they're a lost soul that needs help. You know, there's a lot of rescuing stuff that happens. And I could kind of see that with Tristan, too. Yeah. That, um, you know, that he's been through all this stuff. And there are some people that are attracted to that. Yeah. But uh, Rory talks to him and he or she finds out that uh, that Summer broke up with him and he finds out that uh, Dean broke up with her and uh, emotions run high and Rory makes one of the worst mistakes she could possibly make, which is to kiss. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, she could have probably done other worse things. <laughs> we need a definitive ranking on which is the worst decision. What's Rory the worst made. thing? I know I can think of many worse things you could do besides kiss Tristan, but... I mean, I you know. can tell like, she's... Like, you know, just in the realm of life or for yeah. Rory. Yeah, I mean, that is a pretty... Yeah. Well, we saw what happened after she did it. Yeah, she immediately kind of gets upset, and that's when her wallowing sets in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she leaves the party and goes home, and yeah, we get this other, like, side plot of Lorelai getting back together with Max, which I'm getting a little bit tired of their, like we're dating but we're not dating thing like it was cute earlier in the season and now it's just annoying them being like but we'll call each other and all this and i'm like well like just date or don't date like what's with all this like nonsense that they're doing with each other i heard this interesting word and it was about avoiding attachment that it's situationship so you're not in a relationship with them but you're not just friends either it's a situationship yeah. And I thought that's a really great way to describe it when you're with somebody that you basically have all the markings of relationship, but the person just won't either commit, take totally. that final step to call it that. It's not friends with benefits. It's more than that. But yeah. um, so situationship, I thought that was a pretty good word. It's, it's just interesting. Cause like, it just, it, it's getting kind of annoying and <laughs> I'm just like, just, just, date which is confusing life. because you've always been a Max Medina fan. <laughs> I'm not really a Max Medina fan. I know. <laughs> something tells me you've we, always had a soft spot in your heart for him. I know. <laughs> something tells me Max is not going in anywhere anytime soon. So, but uh, and their whole interaction didn't seem particularly healthy. No, um, very angsty and yeah. Also, it didn't seem he, he he seems a little pompous too, like with him being an English teacher, like to me, they play him being the English teacher, the same way they play Sookie being a, a chef, which is to say, yeah, like, they like just, there's a stereotype of what he should be. Yeah. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. They're a walking cliche. And that's the thing with him. that I just don't <laughs> like as he's just a, he's a walking cliche. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Kurt. <laughs> I just don't like Max. Medina. 
but uh, <laughs> sadly Lorelai does and will weep for that. Um, so, so both didn't make good decisions. No, no. Uh, yeah. But pure emotion. Yeah, but they get back. Uh, or Lorelai returns home and finds Rory crying, eating ice cream on the couch, which I thought was really, uh, you know, she, she seems to finally accept what Lorelai was saying, which is that, yeah, you need to wallow, which is true. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to wallow at one point or right. another. Which, which also, if you don't feel like wallowing, that's okay too. Yeah. I, everybody agrees in different ways. Everyone, yeah, different in different respects. So, mm-hmm. And sometimes it hits you when you least expect it too. And yeah. that's okay. It's like waves. I think there's a guy on Reddit that explained it really well. He said that loss is like waves hitting you. In the very beginning of these huge waves and knock you down, over time the waves get smaller, but every once in a while a big one hits you. Yeah. But that's um, a really good way to describe it. Speaking of Suki, there was a little thing of her uh, cooking, or Jackson cooking for her, which I thought was pretty funny, and her just being like <laughs> annoying, just trying to like make sure he was doing a good job. And I was like, oh boy. Just right, like, or where all the stuff was in the kitchen, and yeah, yeah, permission. we have control over things. Just let him cook; he's doing a nice thing, you know. They're very cute together. They are, yeah. They seem like their personalities are a very good match for each other. So. And and they were and he, they were kind of bantering, but it was kind of sweet banter. It wasn't. It wasn't overly hostile. It was no, it was not hostile. It was more like I accept that you're a control freak, and she accepts that that he's you know a little bit you know, wild and crazy, and they, they come to an agreement, you yeah. know? But it was nice to see that a couple having a talk that wasn't, um, you know, mining each other's feelings, but also not being mean at the same time. Yeah. And of course... That's real life, right? Sorry? I mean, that's real life, is that you have conversations yeah. that... Sometimes just get a little elevated or whatever, so... I mean, that's, that's a good relationship, right? Is that someone is, you know, careful with your tender spots and they also calls you out when you're being obnoxious. Yeah. Which I thought it was great that Jackson called her out for being obnoxious. Obnoxious? Like, yeah. Because right. she kind of was. And I'm like, you know what? I get it. You know, sometimes it's hard to let things go when you're used to things a certain way, but yeah. Right. Especially if that's your job, right? Yeah. Or I was, you know, when, when that scene was playing, I was also wondering... I wonder if chefs, if someone cooks in their home, if they're just kind of like, yeah, I'm not on the clock, so I'm just, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I really wonder if there's a, if there's a variety of ways that chefs would react, but I, I kind of picture chefs going, eh, I'm not working. Yeah. Um, Especially the amount of hours they work. Yeah, it's usually pretty rough. Although it seems like Suki's got pretty good hours for a chef. Like, she's got really good hours. Like, she's home at night, like... Like, yeah, like she doesn't work during during nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Because I know when I worked at a restaurant, it was like a lot of nights. And I was like, "What? Suki's at home on a, at a night time? Like, what? I don't, right. I don't, I don't know about this." Um. So yeah, that was the episode. Very not overly convoluted, but I think it served its purpose of, "Hey, Rory's got a wallow in her instance, at least." So mm-hmm. they they had to get her there. And who, of course, facilitates that? None other than Tristan himself. So, um, oh, Tristan. Yeah, Tristan. Just you never know what that guy what you're getting. You know, he's just <laughs> he's just he's just the bundle of surprises every time, isn't he? 
Do you have a, a favorite performance from this episode? I I like the Sookie and Jackson interchange because I thought that was just kind of it just seemed more real than some of the other dialogue. Yeah. No, Here's that. a couple that's that's kind of getting annoyed with each other, but in a playful way. Healthy, yeah, playful way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I like Luke in this episode. I thought he was... he's out fighting with. <laughs> I thought I thought his performance was the most genuine in the entire one. But, mm-hmm. You know, he he's just trying to protect uh, Rory and Lorelai, and you know, right. He's doing so in a way that you know. Maybe was a little aggressive, but you know what? He also, he knows what he needs to do. So, but he has a good heart. He does. Um, least favorite performance in this episode. I'm going to say Lorelai. Oh, yeah? Which part? I just didn't buy her being into Max Medina. Like, I didn't buy into <laughs> her being into him. Like... And I think that was a performance thing, maybe a bit of the writing too, but it just seemed a little unfeasible that she would, you know, she's somebody who's so independent and like she said no to Christopher and, you know, she already said no right. to uh, to Max. So it just seemed weird that she would go back on that. It just didn't really seem in character for mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I wish there was a little bit more as to like why she felt she needed to. Her reasoning of like, Oh, Rory didn't hasn't wallowed, so I realized that I haven't wallowed or whatever. It was just like uh, that's not really a reason. So she wallowed by going over to his house, which doesn't make sense. No, so I don't, I calling him. No, she called him first, right? I don't think she called him because I think he was genuinely surprised when he sh- when she showed up. So oh, that's right. I don't think so. But I think yeah. that was the last episode, yeah, or something. I think she has tried to call, but then she hangs up or something. But right, avoids yeah. Either way, um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have here. We have favorite reference. There was a few good ones in this episode. I thought. Did you tell me what they are? Because I have one for the next episode. But I can't think of one for this one. Uh, the mine was the Sesame Street one where Lord Lai says, "Yeah, you know, honey, trash doesn't actually talk unless it's on Sesame Street." I like that. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> what was that in reference to? I can't remember what that was in reference to. Um, I can't even remember now. I think it might have been like in re- in like response to something about Dean or something like that. Or maybe I'm just projecting okay. because I just don't like Dean. But I am usually for Sesame Street references, so that'll, yeah. that'll be mine too. Uh, it either me that it was bringing up Sesame Street in that context, or I liked it. <laughs> I can't remember which one. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. And then favorite quote. Um I don't know. I just liked uh uh Lane's whole thing about uh the guy being the perfect fit. I like that. It was I liked how she delivered that. That was a really good way of her being like, Oh, he does all these things, he's the perfect like how she delivered that I thought was pretty funny and pretty cute, so See, I don't remember that either. I kind of like the interchange between, and this is probably not going to be popular with you, but I kind of like the interchange between Rory and Tristan. Yeah. Because it was so, uh, it was so teenage melodramatic. It also felt very realistic. Yeah, at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of guys out there who will play the situation, and that's really what Tristan was doing. He was playing into the situation for his own benefit. Right? Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Tristan, you know, I don't know. I, I thought maybe this is as good as it, it. This is probably as good as it gets for Tristan, if we're being completely honest. But... <laughs> maybe we should rename the podcast Friday Night Dinner and also hitting Tristan. <laughs> we should have Chad Michael Murray on, uh, you know. <laughs> That's, of course, that he's not, like, a controversial figure these days. Um, and we should ask him, Chad, like, why did you play Tristan like such a jerk? Right. But, uh, no. And I go back to, too, that Emily Gilmore is apparently a very nice person in real life. So I think when you're a nice person, you're able to play those kind of characters well. Well, I think when you watch Emily, she plays her with such a complexity where, yeah, mm-hmm. she's, she's a little tough at times, but she's also a little tender at times, too. We actually, you see that. We see that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like she she has her moments. And I think that's what makes her so interesting as a character, because if she was a little bit more distasteful, like a Tristan or a Max Medina, uh, she wouldn't be around as much, but she's around because you just don't know. And obviously like the moments where she is great, you know, you want to cherish those and the moment she's not, you just want to <laughs> leave the room quickly. But you know, I think we all, a lot of us have family that are like that too, or friends that are like that or whatever. So I think we all have real life analogs for that, where we can think of people that are sort of like your Emily types, people who are difficult to be around, but also at the same time too, you don't ever want to be completely without them either. So, right. Like some, like sometimes they can have a very marshmallowy center. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, Easy there when they expose that vulnerable part of them. Yeah. But it's interesting too, because I think you could also say that maybe it's a little toxic that like we keep seeing that center and we keep thinking, Oh, oh we'll, get, we'll get that person every single time. But like, no, right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely toxic yeah. but i think that's part of that's part of the pull too is that 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 kind of personality isn't mean all the time no. and so when they're when they show that marshmallow center you're like oh so that is part of them and if only you know they did that more or if only you know that idea of if i did this this and this then that would show up more mm-hmm. when it turns out that that's just a fleeting thing and has nothing to do with you yeah Hey, that's um, my mental on this. Sorry, that's my mental health spin on this. Yeah, because you were talking about mental health stuff. Yeah, well, you know, we—that's the one thing that we do that none of the other Gilmore Girl podcasts do. We get the mental health angle down packed. So, but I've actually had some people say that they really like that because you know we bring up points that they would have never thought of with regards to these characters. So. Yeah, look up avoidant attachment because I think that actually applies to a few characters on the show. Yeah, so. I could definitely see that for sure. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. Any other behind the scenes trivia for this episode? There's nothing really that much we can really say. There's no no real cameos or anything. I was trying to think of who was the guy that played the Kevin. I think his name is. Or Henry. Um, and I don't think he's anyone who's like ever, he's become anyone famous or anything. So. Oh, the guy that played Lane's love interest on the show? Yeah. I was sort of wondering, like, oh, maybe he became like a big actor or something. And not particularly. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to be. You know, sometimes you just, 
do do a thing and you're really into it. Um, he was. What was uh, did, were Richard and Emily in this show? Oh, in this episode? No, they yeah. weren't. No. Wow, so this is one of the few episodes we don't see them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the guy that played Henry, his name is Eddie Shin. Uh, and uh, he was also in Alexa and Kate, which is also on Netflix. And then he was on Westworld, The Man in the High Castle, and Dumber and Dumber 2. What was he in Westworld? He was Henry. Oh. So I guess that's kind of the behind-the-scenes trivia. <laughs> I think, huh? No, okay, now I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, yeah. I I like the part where they talk about, um, you know, even after a breakup, you have to, you know, it's good for you to go out and socialize. I think we've all kind of been there, yeah. where you've got something, or like the last thing you want to do is socialize, and somebody pushes you, like your friends go, "Oh, just come on," and you're like, "This isn't so bad," but it's kind of getting you out the door and doing it it's, and getting distracted. It's like a little bit of like a rough like rough situation either way but like you still have to get through it either way so well i think that's part of the issue of the pandemic too is that we don't have as many distractions yeah so many people do break going out places and yeah and you can't always see your friends and i think it's it's really extended a lot of grief for people i i would definitely agree with that for sure on top of people losing family members yeah so yeah so it's something I think that's gonna we're gonna be seeing in the future in the next couple of years. People that have gone through really um, complicated grief. Yeah, for sure. So if you once experienced that and you feel like you're not yourself, it's mm. probably good to talk to somebody. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of therapists that are doing, um, like me, doing telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you give this episode a score of? I'm kind of torn between giving a 6 and a 10, so I think I'll split the difference and say 7. Okay. I liked it, but it also had Max Adina, so that kind of knocks it down a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it had Tristan, too, which, you know. Yeah, so it was kind of a double yeah. But I I think the chemistry could be better. Like, the chemistry between Max Medina and Lorelai, just for whatever reason, it just doesn't do anything. It doesn't sell me on their relationship. Like, like on a scale of like, you know, rocks <laughs> to like English patient, <laughs> like their, yeah. their, their chemistry is like a three. So if like English patient was like a 10 and then rocks were a zero, they're like at a three. Okay. I don't know where I got, where I got the analogy, but because you figure rocks don't have a lot of chemistry together, right? Because no. they're rocks. Yeah. The rocks, they don't really have much chemistry. No, that makes sense. If you um, have not seen English patients, see English patient, cause that's chemistry. Yeah. Refined um Kristen Scott Thomas. That's chemistry. Yeah. That's a rocks are a zero. <laughs> yes. Rocks are <laughs> the, the very <laughs> lowest point of any kind of attraction level. Um well actually I guess you could also say like somebody who's maybe gay, who's some and then somebody who's like the opposite gender. That would be like very low. I feel like rocks would have slightly more attraction than that. But there's also friendship chemistry, too. Oh, that's true. Okay, Rox, you're back at the bottom. Because Rox are not alive. <laughs> but if you strike two rocks together, they produce a spark. So there's something oh, there. That was my but that's lame... chemistry. <laughs> that was my lame dad joke for the day. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this episode... 
I'm going to give it a 7 too. I think what I liked about it was the Rory Lorelai bond that they have. Like, you know, the whole show is sold to us as like their mother and daughter, but also best friends. And right. I think you see that here where like uh, that sort of comes into play a little bit in that Lorelai is coming to Rory in this breakup, not just as her mother, but also as her best friend too. And you can kind of tell that, like, for the most part, I think it works out pretty well in this. There's some positives to that, uh, in that Rory obviously needs her best friend in Lorelai to help her get through this. So, um, no, I, I, I really did like that. Uh, but then you get, yeah, stuff like Max Medina and uh, Tristan. And, yeah. You know, I'm just... I, I, you know, you wonder how much a chemistry in a show is the actors and how much of it is their acting and how much of it's the writing. I mean, I guess it's all of it together, but it's probably just like when you meet other people, there are people that you just hit it off right away with. And you know, that you're going to be best friends forever. And then there's people that you just don't have, you know, just don't click with. I'm sure it's the same thing in acting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just some people that you, uh, yeah, have a little bit more of a chemistry with. So, okay. Well, you can find Steph over at stephaniesarkis.com where uh, you can also find Gaslighting the Book and Talking Brains, the podcast. And uh, go read Gaslighting because you know what? It's a great book, great read, whether you're at home or on vacation. Give it a read. Actually likes it. Uh, and yeah, he likes the book. Yeah, I read it uh, down in Mexico. It was a great time to read it. So uh, I know, I love I love that that out of all the books you could have taken on vacation, you took my book, and that just makes me feel so happy. That you're like, I'm in Mexico on vacation. I'm gonna read Stephanie's book. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I to be fair, I do like a good variety of books when I go on a trip. Like, hey, don't don't ruin the moment here. Okay, <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, and I'm over at ThreeGreeners.com where we got a bunch of good stuff to check out. We did a movie commentary for the movie Uncle Peckerhead, and it was a really funny commentary. I'm still trying to figure out this, the title of this movie. I mean, oh. I understand on a base level. It's yeah. But... So the 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 one of the characters' name is Peckerhead, and he's a little bit older, <laughs> so they call him Uncle Peckerhead. So I can say it. There's like a there's like your cadence slow, slows down. Yeah, Uncle Uncle. <laughs> Uncle Peckerhead, and it's great because it's uh, it's a it's a horror movie, but it's also really funny too. So, yeah, if you want to go support those guys, go watch Uncle Peckerhead. It's it's free on Amazon Prime. So, you may just have to say that random moments. No, actually, don't do it. <laughs> say random moments. Say it the way I love the way you say it because there's something about the cadence you saying it. This is hysterical. Oh. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, I well, yeah, that's that's what we want, right? I guess <laughs> hypothetically. Um, yeah, and uh, what else? That's pretty much it. Go, just go live your life. Go watch Gilmore Girls. Maybe that's what's gonna help you get through this pandemic. Actually, I did have a couple of people who were like, I was at home. I am not able to go anywhere because of COVID, and I just decided to start watching the show. So great. To choice you could really do much worse than the show 
even though it's got Max Medina interest in it. So, right. Well, you know, the more that you said that this is kind of like comfort food, the more I I realize you're absolutely right. That you yeah. watch it, like, oh yeah, I know these, and the characters are consistent. You know, because yeah. some shows you watch, and all of a sudden the character does something really wacky, and you're like, that's not. There must be a different writer on this episode, right? But these yeah. characters are solid. Pre-consistent. You know writing was the same all the way through. Uh, I think there are some moments where people start making some decisions that you're going to, you, I think you will get really frustrated with, but you know, that, that, that season's down the road. We'll, we'll we're going to get there when we get yeah. there, but uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some moments where you're going to probably be like, I don't agree with this at all. And that's okay too. Total character change. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for uh- now.